Oh, this is Chad Everett Brochiers. I am the host of Growing Up in the Wilds of Suburbia. Today's episode is on relationships. Uh, are you in one you created or are you inherited? Now, there's an interesting distinction between that. So when I say inherited, I don't mean, you know, some sort of slide against people that are really closely related and dating. It's more of inherited based off a belief system of the way the relationships are supposed to go. So I have been asked many times in my life about, especially for people that I've that have awareness of uh, my ex- my experience in relationships. Uh, I do not live my life by a lot of the inherited structures that we kind of just go through the motions because that's how we were told and uh, that's how we were taught to behave is you need, uh, this is how our parents did or our grandparents did or our great grandparents or whoever it is, you know, how far back you want to go into your ancestry that somebody made up their mind at some point in time and decided that they were going to live life that way. And then they passed on that uh, influence of thinking into the next generation. And before you know it, it's all that your family perceives to be as the only option, but it's not like I know I have options, but this is the only one that's available. It's more of you just live in it, kind of like the machinery inside of the watch. You don't think about the machinery inside of traditional watches. Um, you just think about the fact that it can show you time. You look at the watch face, not what's inside of it making it work. That'd be more of the machinery. We all have machinery going on in the background. Uh, they're built off of our life experiences that give us a kind of idea of certainty of particular outcomes of situations that we don't really have to put much thought into. Like driving your car day one, very first time ever, you're likely over uh, overcorrecting, um, possibly hitting the brakes too much, accelerating too much, going into the turns too fast or too slow. Uh, all kinds of things because you're really involved in what it takes to drive and you're extremely present to what it takes to drive versus where you've been after, you know, 20 years of driving. You're very much likely to just go on autopilot and go from destination to destination and not realize that all of the details of what you did in the process of getting there because it's all built into the machinery of driving. Now, not the car you're driving, but how you behave while you're driving. So, oh, never fails. I got to change something here. All right. Well, that is definitely something that I'm going to need to look up on how to correct. Let me try one thing here. Okay. Now that I've got that handled. Okay. Um, so the machinery that goes on, that's what happens whenever we're taught how to do something throughout ex- like the concepts of existence of our family inheritance or heritage. So with this, we're looking more at you can create the type of life that you want to live. It's more of understand what your current existence is founded in, how you behave, in the current situation. Uh, 
what you're currently experiencing now and what validates what your your soft your your hardware, if you will, or or it's more like a it's kind of a software, but it's a long-standing software program that you kind of build your reality around. Mm-hmm. And that reality is what really is uh, running the show. It's just you don't really know it because it's kind of like trying to convince a fish that it's in water, uh, that water is a thing, that it exists when it's submersed in it. It's uh, it's all around you. It's all around it. So the inherited concepts of relationships are you have, understanding that helps you be able to understand more about what you want to create as far as a relationship is concerned. Now, every relationship is unique. It's different. They all have their own variables. Uh, and with that, you'll have what you want to experience. People outgrow where they start in relationships. Oh, uh, as a point when you're in your twenties or even in your teen years, you'll have an idea about the way you want a relationship to go. And you try to, you try it on, you try it out, you get involved with it. And in your twenties, some things change a little bit. You look back at yourself when you're a teenager and you think, well, I've really grown a bit, or I'm kind of glad I don't do that anymore. Whatever the, the shift value is that's there, that's different between you now and then when you were 20 or when you're you know, 19 or in your teen years, whenever uh, you'll look back and say, you know what? I've really grown a lot. Now relationships also have growth factors as well. Sometimes we grow together. Sometimes we grow apart. The issue with making early pledges is especially whenever you make those pledges and you're still in your teen years is that the prefrontal cortex isn't fully developed yet. Actually, the prefrontal cortex typically doesn't fully develop until 24 to 27, depending on the adult. And, you know, there's variables there, but um, within that age range, that prefrontal cortex is brought up because that's required for making adult rational decisions and reducing the emotional reactions. Uh, It doesn't mean you get rid of the emotional reactions. You just have more of a capability of making rational adult decisions and not so much of the emotionally reactive decisions that we typically see within the teenagers. Uh, How you process things is part of that factor. So uh, we continue on. You'll make ideas about what you want the future to look like in your 20s. I'm going to be this person. I'm going to run this business, or I'm going to be involved in that, or I'm going to climb the corporate ladder or whatever, and I'm going to go to the bar on Friday night. Uh, whatever your life priorities are in your 20s, when you get into your 30s, things start to change again. Some of those ideas that you had and the missions that you were on in your 20s are now either realized into your 30s or you realize that it wasn't something you really wanted to do. But along the way, you've made commitments to other people in your life. So as far as a relationship, the bigger piece of a relationship is the fact that they're nothing more than uh, than agreements. You create what you want. So when you want to have a specific experience in your life and you're going to have another person involved, it's better that they understand what you want to experience, not to be coerced into it so that they could possibly like it as much as you do. It's more of you have a clarity about what you want to experience. I. I apologize. My, my phone is going crazy over here and I need to, it's been silenced, but anyway, um, when you want to have those kind of things, it's, it's better to understand what kind of agreements you're creating, have a, that kind of depth of understanding of yourself. And that'll help you at least understand what you're agreeing to with somebody else. 
is you can at least inform them of what your intentions are more so than what you thought they were prior when you weren't thinking about it, but you were leaving enough vagueness that the other person can fill the blank for the narrative they want you to be. The same thing is in you doing to them. This is why we have so many relationships that are like wrecking balls, just waiting to slam into each other and then start pointing the finger of blame versus the finger. Like actually it's not even the finger. It's taking responsibility for what's going on. Most people do not want to take responsibility. A very mature behavior is to take responsibility for what's going on. So what you find is a lot of people are like, well, that person's this, that person's a liar. That person misled me. That person took advantage, whatever. And that person just, you know, whatever. There's so many variables that come into play, but a lot of times what it is, is you either don't know who the hell you are when you get into the relationship. The other person doesn't know who the hell they are when they get into the relationship. They have an idea about the superficial desires and needs that they have in their life. They don't really understand the depth of the needs of the values that they want to experience in life. All they know is all that superficial stuff. And then we layer this with our media, social media, we get involved with all these different people in our life and they're all interacting in a way. Some of them is just by the way they act and what you read that they're doing and how they, they put on this play of, I would have done this, but they, and I've seen this often because I do like to engage people whenever I come across things like this. Is this a reality or a hypothetical? You know, somebody saying, well, I did this and I did that. And I'm like, well, you know, digging a little bit deeper, coming to find out that it's, or, or come to find out that that individual isn't even, it, it's not even what they really did. It's what they thought of doing in hindsight. Now, and I'll get into the dangers of advice from others in just a second. Uh, there's dogs in all kinds of fights here. Uh, but as far as this goes, understanding who you are creates more clarity. The more clarity you have, the more you can share in sincerity with your partner. The more authentic you can be with your partner, the more likely you are to realize you know, we get along great right now, but five years from now, we'll see. But I want to go to, you know, I want to go to Harvard and you want to go to work in the factory. So, <coughs> excuse me. So it, it, there's this, the separating variable, you know, it's, there's a distancing factor. It doesn't mean don't pursue the relationship. What you can create in the meantime, it does it, having a five-year relationship with somebody isn't a bad thing, as long as both people understand. It's not a bad thing to develop feelings for somebody, to only find out later on that it it didn't work out. You know, it's a whenever I hear people make up like, well, I would have, like, I I would rather have not have gotten involved or blah, you know, like, well, had I known then, now, and why I would do something different now. It's like. You know, it's, I'll ask people, like, if you met somebody who is terminal and they were going to die in the very near future, would you not embark on a relationship with that person solely because you understand they're going to die in the future? And if the answer is no, I wouldn't consider that you're emotionally fragile so much so that you are afraid of letting that person in as you know, that person won't always be there. And it's, it's not like an ultimate selfish act to do such a thing is you'll have wherever you are in the stage of the game to be made wrong for not being developed is a pretty ignorant place to be on the person making you wrong. But what I do suggest people do is ask yourself that question 
whenever you come to that situation. It's uh, There was a great movie that was made with Keanu Reeves and um, Sharice Theremin that was uh, in Sweet November. I loved that movie. I loved that movie. It, it was extremely sad. It was very emotionally involved. Uh, Keanu Reeves did an amazing job. Same thing with uh, Sharice Theron. They did a fantastic job with that movie. But the whole concept, if you haven't seen it, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but I will say that uh, she allowed people in her life on a monthly basis. She would give everything of herself to somebody for a month. You find out later on, if you haven't seen the movie, I'm not going to ruin it, like I said, but you find out later on why she's doing it. But the point of it is, is that she was, the major point of it is she was doing it to make people live. It's a beautiful movie. You know, there's country songs. There's all, it's actually, there's all kinds of songs. I was thinking of the Tim McGraw song, like live like you're dying. Uh, there's different ways of taking that into consideration, but ultimately understand what you want to accomplish and live boldly. You know, put yourself out there, but don't put yourself out there until you understand more about you, but you will learn in the process that you'd start discovering who you are when somebody else shows you who you are. Now, it's not to say that you're not fragments of who you are, right? In different situations, uh, if you're emotionally upset, you curse somebody out, you slam a door, you tell them to eat off your property, whatever it is, doesn't mean that's not who you are. That's who you are under distress. That's who you are under anger or frustration or fear or whatever it is. It's driving it or a combination of multiple emotions. That's who you are at that moment. That's, that's the you. That's the genuine, authentic you. They're showing you something about you. If you hide in shame of that, that's likely never to grow. It's never to develop. You're likely never to actually address the cause of why you got to that point. To be responsible for it helps you get opportunity to grow. So when you start getting involved with these other people, they're going to reflect who you are to a degree, a significant degree, because it's going to be who you are based with their own narrative of the situation, what they want to accomplish, and their own needs, and, and all of the joys that come into the relationship from their end, which is also typically going to be the level you're bringing into the relationship on your end. So you continue, uh, you continue this process of getting to know each other. Some people have a little more superficial relationships. Some people have deeper relationships. Some are physical. Some aren't. There's all types of them. The, the bigger value that I see in the purpose of this particular episode is more so that we can start looking at relationships as a, am I living in somebody else's relationship agreement? Am I living in somebody else's perceived comments? Anytime you catch yourself wanting to say it's common sense, there's a damn good chance you're living into somebody else's structure. Common sense really isn't all that common anyway, because you go to different areas and the, what's common knowledge in that area may be different than what is common knowledge in other places, by the way. Uh, that's a, something that's worthy of its own episode. Common sense. But if you ask, if you catch yourself ask or saying to yourself or saying to somebody else, well, it's common sense. You're almost certainly living into somebody else's inherited relationship or your own inherited relationship from your parents or whomever it is that you took on as a, authorities early on that helped you learn what relationships are supposed to be like. Uh, trials, tribulations, what you went through. It's not that it invalidates you. You're just living into somebody else's process. And you may find that you're constantly disappointed or you're disappointed more often than you're not, than you're satisfied. Uh, always look back to yourself before you blame somebody else. I'm not saying anything. This is not victim blaming. This is nothing like that. This is actually taking responsibility. If you want a different relationship, don't wait for the right person, become the right person. Simple concept. 
so consistently forgotten or dismissed. Better off, come up with what you want in this life. Understand what that is and work every day towards accomplishing that. My only request is that you work 1% every single day. Now, there are all kinds of things, um, emotional coercion, uh, people falling in love with the idea of you, not who you are, uh, advice from others. I'll touch on this one. The other ones I can go over at another time. Uh, but if it's something that's interesting to you, uh, finding out whether or not somebody is in love with the idea of you versus who you are, or if you're in love with the idea of the person that's involved with you, but you're not really in love with who they are, uh, that's something put in the comment section. I'll be happy to revisit that or make a video on it, or even possibly doing a, a episode with you. Uh, in particular, it's just, however, that kind of organically comes about, uh, the same thing with, um, uh, the depth of just understanding how to create agreements. Now, the piece that I do want to touch on this and I'll cut, I'll, I'll sum up the video here after this is when you enroll people, the stages that are best for relationships overall in my experience and in my studies has been first understand the, you, the I value, like who you are as a person. Uh, and then you understand when you understood you, you can, you understand how to ask the questions of the other person. So you understand them and they'll share whatever they feel like they want to share. You can ask questions on it. And from that point, you can start looking at it as being the potential of a unison where the two of you can come together and become an us. Now, when you get to that us level, you have to understand what that us is to accomplish. Do you want it to be purely physical do you want it to be physical, financial? Do you want it to be emotional, physical, financial, emotional, physical, emotional, financial? You Do you want, like, how do you want that thing to become? Understand it as you become clearer. Don't be afraid to put what you want out on the table. You know, if you're afraid to put it out there, you are coercing them out of your fear of rejection and you're falsely ensuring to them that you're on the same page. You agree with them. So now the couple variables, there's a lot to that, but you want to understand what kind of relationship you've just created or that you're creating. Is it an exclusive relationship? You know, more than monogamous. Is it uh, polyamorous? Is it, um, to me, somebody who only has a physical relationship with somebody that doesn't have any emotional values, that's more of a transactional, but it's not quite like the concept of like prostitution transactional. It's just less care for the person and more concern with just the physical. Not to say that's wrong, not to say it's right. It's individualized. It's completely your thing. Whatever it is that you decide to create, have the courage to create the relationship you want to create with the other person. That means being bold and at times ugly honest. Don't be afraid to tell them what you really want and encourage them to tell the truth about what they want. Because if they only want something physical and you guys are two years down the road, you got a car payment together, or you, you're buying a house or you've, you've got all of your friends intermingled and they're just, everybody knows who each other are and all this. And then you realize that you don't even really care that much about that other person. You care for them as a human being, but you don't care for them as a partner that you guys had originally started off as being partners. Be afraid. Don't be afraid to tell the truth about where you are. You can change in the process. It happens to all of us. We all develop. We all go through life challenges. We all, you know, you may be so caught up in the physical right now and then somebody close to you dies and then all of a sudden you realize that you've denied the value of emotional attachment 
while you were dealing with this person. And then somebody who you really care about has passed. And now you're like, maybe I've done, <clears throat> maybe it's time to become more emotional with my partner. It's so many different ways of doing it. Just my thing is to just be honest with yourself and be honest with the other person. And then the societal piece. Now, when you're having these relationship things, I caution you very, very, very like encouragingly, I caution you, I caution you, avoid social media when you're having challenges with your relationship. If you air your dirty laundry, people see it. People do all kinds of things when they see your dirty laundry, including some people find that maybe they, they only know you to the level you've let them know you. With this movement for this online modeling and media presence thing that people are doing, it creates, people are creating a persona of themselves. They control the narrative that you believe based off the information they put out and how they keep trying to do damage control on a regular basis. Very few people are willing to live boldly. Most people are wanting to airbrush themselves, use filters, you know, I only post when I'm at the gym. I'm only going to post the good, beautiful stuff in life, whatever it is. And it excludes other elements, but that becomes attractive to other people. People pay attention. Well, as soon as you start airing your dirty laundry, people find you as an object of affection, not a person. And they, they're actually, as I mentioned before, I wouldn't really mention much about it, but this is, this is what I'm talking about. The person could be falling for who they think you are, which is the idea of you not who you are. Oh, I have known people that get upset when they find out their partner has used the bathroom in their home. As crazy as that may seem for some people and, and completely understood by others, there are people that do not, that have absolutely been like, I can't believe that person just went and number two to my toilet. Oh, it's... People have their different corks, right? They have their own different positions. Now, that's a real person that's in the bathroom. Oh, that's not the idea of the person. That's the person right, that's in the bathroom. I'm not saying that's the totality of the person, but that's a human element that's being brought in that's not typically put on social media. It's not typically put out there on the, the whole like, hey, find me attractive sites or in the, the zeitgeist of, you know, believe me who I am because I say I am that way. Uh, and if you don't believe me, I have, you know, 10 years of consistency. It doesn't really mean that's you. It just means you've been playing the persona of you. It's an act. Now, I'm not saying it's not part of you. And I'm not saying it's not a large part of you. It can be very well a large part of you, but you still filter. Now, when you go and put your stuff out in public about what you're dealing with relationships, you're almost always going to get somebody who's going to offer advice or support. And now, What's the motive behind that? Do they care for you as a person or do they really want to try to covet something? Do they see that you may be someone that they may be able to find a, a chink in the armor of the relationship? So therefore, let me send you a little private message or I'm sorry that you're going through this. I'm here for you. I experienced it myself. You're not alone. Other people are dealing with it, blah, blah, blah. Those things happen. They do it they, and it happens frequently. If you're uncertain about everything about you, you're living in a you're living in an inherited relationship um, or a relationship structure, like the, the mental structure that you have for relationships, and you're dealing with the relationship challenges. And right now, it seems like there's more people advising others to just get up, uh, give up, and move on. 
or they're not right for you, or this whole faded idea, or whatever. They're not the right person for your life. God's sending you messages, whatever it is. You know, you're not working through it. You're not putting in the effort to try to make the relationship work. It's reached the pleasantries. They're over now. The reality of the relationship, the little nuances that bug you or whatever it is have come into play. Those kind of things are now available. They're on the surface and they're very much so in front of the relationship. Now you put it out there in the internet or wherever you're putting it out there. People are like, oh, you're going through some hard times. You know, I'm not as challenging to be with and I will give you affection. I'll wash your feet. I'll do whatever to try to make sure that you see that I'm a suitable partner because I have my motives. And my motives may be, I think you're really pretty or I think you're a really good looking person. And then they start finding out little things about you. And then emotional coercion can come in, which is the little emotional fights there. You're not behaving the way that I think you should kind of fights. Uh, where there's not a whole lot of clarity and it seems like there's less substance to the argument, but they're both convinced there's a lot of substance there until you step away from it, look in it. And you're like, it's kind of an argument over nothing. The emotional coercion is where you start morphing the person closer to your idea versus just having a disagreement. Oh, there's a lot to that subject. Uh, like I said, the falling in love with the idea of you versus the person and the emotional coercion. Um, they're very big topics and I can cover them at another time, uh, but at least an introduction in this one, don't air your laundry, keep it to yourself or keep it to people that like counselors are great or people that you really can confide in that aren't after you for a motive. You know, family may be a good move for that. It depends on your family relationships. Uh, but at least with family, you're less likely to have them just trying to, you know, weasel their way into the relationship and separate you from your partner so they can be the new partner. Uh, there's a song back in the nineties. It was uh, by Mr. Big. It's next to be with you or to be with you. I forgot which the title is, but um, the lyrics of that just, they kill me. You know, it's absolutely the, the guy sliding in the inbox, you know, broken hearts can't be that bad when it's through, it's through. <laughs> Fate can twist the both of you. So come on, baby, come on. over. <laughs> Let me be the one to hold you. Oh, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's an interesting song and I've loved it for years, but now that I'm actually thinking about it in this context, I'm like, it's a, uh, yeah, that's the rebound guy singing <laughs> anyway. All right. Well, Hey, I'm going to cut it short now or it cut it short. It's 26 minutes in. I'm going to go ahead and end the, the video for now or the episode. Thank you so much for watching. Uh, by all means, I, I know that at times some of the structures and strategies in these videos aren't always as obvious and distractions can throw me off a little bit. Um, I do need to, um, I will be rectifying that challenge uh, in the very near future. Uh, and uh, with that, thanks for watching. Uh, thanks for going all the way through the video. Find people in your life or if you know somebody or if you yourself are dealing with something that this video has helped you with, please share it uh, or share with a person that you think would actually benefit from learning and being a part of this. I uh, comment in the comment section, subscribe to the channel. And by all means, please, you know, it's, let's do this together. Um, you know, we are all in this together though. So, and your stories help us all come together as well. We all go through our own trials and tribulations. So again, this is Chad Everett Brochures. I am the host of Growing Up in the Wilds of Suburbia. Until next time, think critically. And remember, we're all in this together. Enjoy the rest of your day. And, uh, She'll hear from me soon.